season two. Episode three. Hello. Hello. All right, darling. Hello. Fancy a bit of season two, darling. Episode three, isn't it? So the other one is American, and it's something like this. It's like you got you over there. Oh no, that's what the f is that. I don't know. Right, start again. Start, start again. again. Okay. What we want is a seamless hello. 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 Hello there. Hello there. Hello. Are you you gonna get darn gonna say hello to me one day? What have we got for you, lovely people? Wow. In season two, <laughs> episode three, we've said our hellos. We hope at the other end you responded with appropriate hellos yes. as well. Yes. Well, this is our review. Review of the Aldea. We had a whole day of acts. We did. We had loads of acts. One, two, three, four. Ten. Ten acts. <laughs> well, we decided to Took be very day. decimal about it. Yes, we decided to. In case we needed to divide them yeah. down in yeah, uh, right. decimalised units. Yes. Uh, which is interesting, because actually when you add them up, I think you've got, maybe, you've got an extra, that's 11... 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. That's quite good, though. It's very That's, round. That sounds more imperial, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's, it does. of them. Yeah, it is. But it's also, um, you know, a square number. So we, we're really yes. engaging with the maths. Two to the power of four. 16. Okay. So so we've gone imperial, metric, and um, we, we also have gone all numerical about it. Yeah. So we dragged them in. We dragged them in. And, um, yeah. Okay. So who do we have first? We had... Brooke Telling. And Jax. Jax. It's interesting, he's got one name. Jax. Yeah, I, Jax. I thought maybe his name was Ja. And he yeah, I thought X. there was going to be two of them, both called Jack. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Jack Winbrook and yeah. Jack Dinglebottom. Yeah. Like that. But uh, yeah. there was only one of them. No, I'm more likely to have normal surnames. But yeah. Jack sounds plural. It's not. It's uh, Brooke Telling's um, musical partner. And he, he is fantastic. He really accompanies her really well. Fantastic. We loved it. And we had one of our old favourites back. Gavin Bowen. Oh yeah. yeah, sitting down this time. He was. He was sitting down. I think normally he stands to perform, but he said, I'll do this one sitting. He said it like that. Did he? No. <laughs> well, thank you for my chair. <laughs> Bex and Frieda. Bex and Frieda and children. And children. Hilarious. Who did we have after Bex and Frieda? Millie Kirkpatrick. I'm glad you said that. Every time I go to say a surname, I say it wrong. Kirkpatrick. Billy Kirkpatrick. I don't know why I have such a problem with it. Can you imagine if I was her and couldn't say my own name? I think if you had some sort of therapy, it may be that it taps into the root of something that happened to you as a child. I can't say Kirkpatrick. Yeah, all these images will come flooding back. Something happened when you were young, mate. You should probably have some electric shock therapy. Yeah, that would help. Because Not to that's, help because that's normal. Just, just for the fun of it. <laughs> just for the fun of it. Because it's a thrill. Uh, then we had young Dean Frost. Young Dean Frost. Delightful young man, yes. Sinead Orme. Oh, yes. She loved the brownies. She wasn't taking no shit on that stage. No. She, she loved the brownies. She did. She yeah. does. Wonderful performance from Sinead, who's got a new album out very soon. And somebody who works with Sinead. Stewie Skinner. Stewie Skinner. Well, I say he works with Sinead. He works with everybody. Yeah, he's everywhere. He, yeah. he turned up with a bass player and a drummer. We had a, a band on in the acoustic And he knew section. them as well, which was handy. He, he knew them and they knew all the songs and everything. It was a, quite a remarkable <laughs> coincidence. Uh, Jack Walsh. Oh, Jack. Love Jack Walsh. Yeah, yeah he did. came along, belted out some did tunes for us. Did not disappoint, did he? No. Sounds exactly like he does on the oh, uh, online. Absolutely. Awesome. Really good, yeah. Really nice guy as well. 
And uh, and then we had our bands, Dead Caress. Dead Caress. Dead Caress did a couple of uh, covers. Yep. Yeah. I nearly shat my soul. You're not yes, supposed to do covers. I know. We had yes. Excuse me. We was lo- they were looking off the stage at us two going with our folded arms below our chins, <laughs> going like that. I did almost think of telling Dean Frost that he could play a cover. As long as it was a cover of Armoured Man, but I didn't get round to it. Oh, yeah. Because it That's kind of. I, I, we should sort of maybe say that people could only do covers if they're covers of other culture bands. That's true, yeah. I mean, we could have that, couldn't we? In fact, that would be quite an interesting evening, wouldn't it? Yeah. Songs of other bands in yeah. the region. <laughs> and, uh, and then, of course, Ecto Peach. Fantastic. What a, what a brilliant ending to the evening. It really built. Because, of course, Dead Caress had their crowd in, and then it seemed to remain, and then all these other people came in Ecto Peach. It really peaked well. For an all day, I have to say. That was really good fun. I know we had so many. But it would be interesting to know how many people sort of came in and out throughout the day. It's a lot of people. <laughs> so you had to click them in and out. <laughs> You know, like people do. Yeah. It built really nicely from a the sort of quiet beginning, slowly. You sort of your people coming in who were surprised that there was something going on because they maybe they just go to the Queen Street Brew House anyway. To people who turned up for the acts, and then it sort of built up towards the end of the day. Uh, it's always a bit difficult around about five, six o'clock because of course everyone's going to go and have their munch. Yeah. You know who says munch? Um, Those Grebo boys. They uh, say, "Oh, he makes good munch." See, and if you listen to the podcast, you'll know that he said that. I'm not making that up. They said, oh, he makes good munch. Obviously, ten acts on. Mm. We couldn't interview every single one, because otherwise this show would be just horrendously long. It'd be about two hours long. Yeah, it'd be about two hours long. We We don't want to do that. So we caught up with some of the people. First up for interviews was Brooke Telling who uh, we've never had play before for us no. and came along with Jack, our musical partner yeah. and uh, they run lots of open mics uh, yeah. across Suffolk um, in Ipswich and Felixstowe and uh, they're really excited to sort of invite us up to come and have a look at some of the acts there which might be a good way of breaking into like a wider scene maybe yeah. in Ipswich yeah. Jack's actually did a few more songs on his own as well which was nice he did yeah yeah and uh, he went to play a cover and it was like nope it's not no. playing that cover yeah. like that yeah Pointed and he went, yeah. okay, look shamefaced to the floor. Knew, yeah. knew he'd made a mistake. Yeah. And he did apologise later in writing. Yeah. I managed to uh, pin them down with a few questions. So, the first thing I want to ask you is the, the Leap of Faith song. Um, it's incredibly personal. Uh, and the lyrics are really personal. Is that, it could only have been written from personal experience. Is that right? It is right, yeah. And it's quite interesting, actually. That song started songwriting off for myself. And what actually happened was I was playing a beer festival in Ipswich at St. Peter's by the Waterfront. And I'd never actually written original material before. And a woman named Sarah Wasp, really lovely lady, she actually approached me and she said, said I'm I'm writing poetry and things and I'd like to go into writing lyrics for songs but for herself she didn't play an instrument as such so she was looking for somebody who could play an instrument and I thought well actually maybe this would be a good chance and sort of a way for me to get into songwriting so we actually collaborated on that song and Sarah Wasp those lyrics were written by herself and I wrote the guitar part and the melody and we just sort of put the two together Um, and for me it was really quite a, I guess a milestone in, in my career as a musician because that completely turned everything around and I thought actually maybe I can write my own music as well as just doing covers then I started sort of putting originals into my sets and things and yeah Sarah wrote that song um, like you say very personal lyrics and she wrote that um, when she sort of met this partner of hers um, and that story, that the song sort of tells the story of, of how they met each other yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say I mean anyone listening to it would assume it's you 
It's, it's, I mean, it's a very personal lyric for you to be singing, yeah. given that it's not about you. Yeah, this is true, and I think maybe I I could see how personal that was for her, and I wanted to to reflect that in the music of the song um, and sort of make sure that the music did complement the lyrics in that way of it being really personal and, and coming from the heart. Can you explain to us how hard it is to write a good song? Oh God, it's terrible, yeah. No, <laughs> no you, you spend ages sort of like, um, I think the lyrics are the sort of like most important part, really. I mean, like, well, I mean, they are for me anyway. I think you're, you're really brilliant at now writing lyrics. You say you didn't, you know, write that one, but you, I think you conveyed the message well. Maybe you related to it in a certain way and you were able to bring it to life. And um, yeah, I've always sort of thought that my, my lyrics were a little bit naff, but I like coming up with the melodies and stuff like that and stuff. And then I tend to, spend an even longer time coming up with lyrics and you sort of write stuff down you're like no that's not good just keep a book and just keep writing lyrics until something clicks and you think oh that's worth it so it's your believer in lyrics first is that sort of i think so i think you need to write something that that connects with people and uh and otherwise it's you know most of the hits sort of like that have been written over the years are stuff that you know reaches people and then connects with people and stuff like that yeah. so where are you finding your inspiration these days where's it actually coming from mainly from sort of personal experiences but then also more recently just sort of actually things that are going on in the world i guess and so hence that, the uh, boris johnson song yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and well funnily enough we sort of wrote that in one night didn't we we were sort of like in the in the songwriting mood and we were like let's write something moody and and I like playing around with different chords actually and even yes. like chords I don't know what they are mm. and and things like that and taking inspiration from I just like I also take a lot of inspiration from Joni Mitchell because I think and people like her who wrote songs and they, they were in this like obscure tuning and had no idea what really they were playing but it sounds absolutely amazing I find, yeah. I find it's definitely easy like when you collaborate with someone I've definitely I feel like some of the best stuff we've sort of written has been together yeah. and definitely with me as well like, I find inspiring to sort of like work with you and stuff and write with you because like you sort of pull ideas out of each other and, yeah. and suddenly you're like oh cool that's something I hadn't thought of before Let's I mean often artists find the ego gets in the way which is you have a vision of a song don't you and then to collaborate somehow breaks that down it, it, do you find it's something you just have to give in to almost to allow a whole sound to come together you have to yeah. accept others views really on yeah I think we just when we write together especially sort of like the, the new song why should you be listening to and the other one um, the first one we played today I think we you're really good at writing the guitar parts so you usually come up with that first and then and then we just sort of throw ideas at each other like oh maybe maybe this chord next or maybe these lyrics and and then it just all kind of Sometimes it happens really easily and other times it doesn't. And then and then trying to come up with the, the title for the song <laughs> afterwards. You're like, right, what are we going to call it? That's that's the, usually the hardest part. <laughs> yes, because that's significant, isn't it? I mean, I, what you're actually putting on, you know, what the name of this thing is, that is quite significant. Um, so what's next? What have you got coming up? We are, I think we're going to, we, well, we're obviously going to carry on songwriting together and we have got a new song recorded actually ready to release. So that's at, at the moment pending. So it will happen sometime in the future and we'd like to record more songs and just keep releasing singles fantastic and this is soundcloud and spotify we can find you on yes soundcloud and spotify and um, brook telling <laughs> our next interviewee legend has it leonard has it 
Legend. That's his name. That's <laughs> it. Um, That's a great name. Um, no, he. So we we've talked to him before. We've talked about him before with his old faging act. Oh yeah, in, yeah. Telling you about Jack Walsh actually. All right, I've got this geezer. He was like that. Yeah. Um, but actually, you know, Dean Frost is as far from fagin as you can imagine. Yeah. Quietly spoken. He's like an anti-fagin. Yeah. And <laughs> that's a good word, isn't it? Anti-fagin. Anti. anti um, it sounds almost like a Greek or something. Anthony Fagan. Uh, anyway, yeah, really, really nice guy. Yeah. Answered uh, all my questions, although was I don't know how prepared he was to answer questions because there was a bit of oh, that's like like you're like, you're asking me that. Oh, actually, like not just what's my name. Yeah, yeah. just sort of filling in a form. Yeah. 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 But he, uh, how did you get here? <laughs> Yeah, well, you could have easily quite. Well, actually, you did talk about the weather quite a bit. It was like you were a couple of hairdressers. Oh God, that is the rainiest interview ever. Oh, I know we no, had we had so some loud. we had some rainy interviews a few podcasts back, but that was like light drizzle. This was loud, and we were yeah. at the back of the brew house where there's this sort of um, canopy where you can sit, and it was so loud. I thought. Right, there was two canopies. I, th- I was looking around thinking, which one will be quieter in the middle of a massive rainstorm? And it was actually funny because you said, let's move over to this other one. I think it'll be quieter. And it was actually noisier. <laughs> it sounded quieter. The other, I mean, the other thing I noticed with Dean is that he's, he, we really want him to record and to release things, but he's very cautious of that, actually. And that really comes across in the interview. Yeah. Oh, he's not, he wants it to be just right when he releases it. He's not in a hurry you know, to get that done. I know, but... but- you're never going to be the finished product. Well, we well wanna, you know, we we, you know I'm in my fifties. I'm still not the finished product. No, you keep changing and moving on. So that's why you know it's important to record where you are, so that I mean that you can look back at it and think, yeah, that's where I was then. Yeah, where am I now? Absolutely. I mean, if you genuinely want a finished product, then it's going to be something like herring. That's quite a finished product. <laughs> or what are those things that so was actually you know when people yeah. are glassy eyed and you're thinking they're not listening to me it's formulating a joke well it's, it's, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think it's finished is it but there's one of those Scandinavian countries they eat like rotten puffin oh my god have you heard about that no no they get the puffin and they sort of I think they like bury it until it starts going like rotten and then they eat it it's a delicacy <laughs> that's like born out of just boredom and lack of choice <laughs> let's bury a puffin and see what happens oh it's dead and it's rotting I'm bored of fish yeah oh this puffin tastes horrible I wonder what it'll taste like if we bury it if you're raised on herring you're going to experiment aren't you eventually you're going to experiment anyway we had a nice conversation in the pouring rain undercover my microphone didn't suffer from it and uh, yeah here's what he had to say Dean, uh, explain the weather, please. Um, it's total downpour at the moment, and uh, where are we? Where are we're, we? We're under the cover, <laughs> around the back of uh, Falafel and More. Falafel slash the Queen Street Brewhouse. Yeah, and uh, this has happened before. We have had this weather before, but hopefully you can hear us. I think it'll be gone in a minute. Anyway, look, let's uh, let's talk music. How much does your personality, like you as an, a person, bleed into your writing? How much? Um, well, I like to think it bleeds into it a bit. Um, I feel like I'm maybe not fully like confident in writing some things that are more um, you know I can't think of the word right now but personal? <laughs> yeah personal or something that would like um, you know make people like I don't want to be like I'm not like an open book yet in my lyrics really um, for lack of the word that I'm uh, evading me right now but um, 
um, yeah, I, I like. I think I'm gradually trying to write more personal songs and explore with other things. Um, but I think, yeah, I've just kind of written like eight songs that I've been playing at the moment. So um, I feel that like they're good songs, but I can definitely like open up some more, like explore some new topics. So what are your songs about? In a nutshell, what do you what do you think? Um, well, these are questions that I'm not prepared for, but That's okay. okay. <laughs> uh, in a nutshell, my songs are about I don't know. I think at the moment they're like just like exploring like simple feelings, like each song. And like, like I said, I don't. I I need to expand. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I need to like ex- like delve a bit deeper, and uh, that's kind of a step that I've been thinking about, like to write write more interesting lyrics about and um, things like yeah, and then like add include some like metaphors, so the song's not like obviously about one thing, right. which I think some of my songs are. Right. Um. But um. Yeah. I. I, I definitely feel like uh, they're just just about feelings generally. You're here today, Litter Kings and Friends, picking the litter, playing for free, putting your music out there. Is, uh, how do you feel? I mean, what are your thoughts on freebie gigs? Because there's a very divided, uh, you know, the musician scene sort yeah. of divided down the lines really about about playing for free. Isn't it? What's your thoughts on this? Um, well, I thought you told me I was getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, um, yeah, no. <laughs> that was a slip. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, I. That's an interesting question too, actually. Um, Well, I feel like it's fine because like venues can't can't pay basically, or that like a lot of places are struggling, and people have to put time and effort into organising things, and sometimes people don't turn up. Like, so it's difficult really for everyone involved. Um, In an ideal world, uh, every musician would get paid for every gig, but. Um, it's, I don't see it as feasible, really. Um, for me personally, I, I've not released any music. Like, um, I don't really have fans. Like, maybe some people that like see me around and they like my music. So, I, I think I'm not at that point where I, I like, can demand fees, really. So, I'm happy to play it, and I don't, I don't need like the. Inc- I work full time, so I, I don't have any reliance on the on an income from it. It's just sort of a hobby for me that. I um, well it's more than a hobby but um, (laughs) like I really love playing music and writing I love love everything about music but um, yeah I just I'm fine playing for free but it's my (laughs) short answer anything coming up for us to listen to well I hope to record an EP and I've just recently finished two more songs um, so like the track list in in my brain for the EP is always changing as I prolong the time I'm taking to get get it recorded and I'm writing new songs so um, yeah I, I just feel I, I want to get something done soon but I also not sure like what I want to do whether I want to do it at home and maybe get someone involved for like mixing and mastering it um, you want to get it right yeah 100% yeah I like definitely yeah okay. that's a big thing like for me like getting it right those are your three questions and I'll tell you what you've, you've done well under here I hope this all comes out okay great yeah thanks <laughs> Uh, thanks for interviewing me and thank you I hope you have a good gig here okay as usual we're going to play a, a song from another local musician yes and uh, Jeff Lawrence Jeff Lawrence you know Jeff. him very well you live in the same village I do I practically live in the same road as him he lives right down your street he does he lives right down my Is he street down your street or up your street 
Uh, well, I suppose down, I always say down when it's literally topographically downhill. I know right. people say I'm going uptown, but I'm just like, town's down there. Yeah. No, what would you say if somebody like lived on the same street, there was a little bit of a dip and before, then, and then came back up to the same height as your house? I'd say I'm going down up to theirs. Oh, okay. Anyway, this is Jeff Lawrence with Saccharin. Oh, this I know. You put too much sugar on everything. Sweet to the car, can bark on anything. I suggest I suggest Swamped for Saccharin The sea
I know you put too much sugar on everything. Skinner. Skinner. Um, Skinner. The hardest working man in Colchester music. Yeah. I've given him a title and I yeah. will make the t shirt or knit him a jumper. Yeah. Um, with it on, with a sort of, I don't know, like a clown's face. It'd be easier to make a badge or something. Much easier. Or you can make label. badges using one of those presses, you know, like they did in the 80s. Yeah. It would have been on it. just got a label and write it on. Yeah, true. Good interview and yeah. really nice performance as well. Unusual, different, because of course he plays a kind of deeply felt kind of pop music, really, I suppose, sort of guitar pop, um, but fantastic. And he really enjoyed the performance. He wasn't sure, actually. I don't think yeah, going into that. Yeah, I think he was cautious. Think, it mm. seemed when they first started playing, it was a bit, mm. it got, got, it definitely sort of warmed into it and got yeah. into it a little bit more, yeah. I think. Because I, I think, think he was play, probably worried about his voice. They play on and off. Absolutely, no, his voice was uh, not good that week. But it seemed to rise to the occasion. But they play sort of on and off that group. I think that that yeah. three. They're not. They don't play all the time together. So uh, yes, good bass player. Yeah, good bass player, good drummer. I, yeah. I thought the whole thing was really good. Yeah. And uh, so the rain was over by then. So I laid it on thick. I said, "What you going on? What you got doing going on, Skinner?" Like that. And uh, he obligingly answered my. Stupid questions. Yeah, we sort of talked to him about you know what he gets up to in the local scene. I guess he's, he's quite involved with everything. He's got his finger in. It's so he's got almost he's got almost got more fingers many... in pies. I was going to say he's got fingers. He's got he's got <laughs> too many pies. He's actually run out. You know, like the milkman in the old days used to see them walking. Do you remember that? And they used yeah. to hold about eight bottles. You were like bloody. How do they do that? I used to love that. He has got about 13 pies, yeah. but he's only got 10 fingers, you see, and yeah. thumbs. So he's like, shit, I can't do all this at once. Yeah. He's like the milkman. He's like the yeah. pie milkman of the 2020s. Yeah. What you forget is that he, he probably actually... like slides his feet under the, like, the casing of a couple of <laughs> pies. Well. a couple of pies. <laughs> like big slippers. <laughs> yeah, he's got his fingers and toes in so many pies. <laughs> um, I mean, what was interesting is talking to him, when I was sort of thinking about the questions as well, was you talk about him as, as kind of being the sort of business end of things you know arranging gigs promoting things yeah. you sort of forget that actually he's just released an album actually of his own tunes Tornado yeah. Box so I, I did get him a question about very, that he's a very good guitarist how oh, good and I love well that, practiced um, what's, that, what's that song the water one Healing Water Healing Water lovely yeah. song the single beautiful came song. out just before the yeah, album yeah yeah beautiful song yeah. so good songwriter good musician took him a while to write that song though it did sit around for quite some time as we'll hear how significant was it for you to get Tornado Box released that was a massive thing for me I think my last proper album was released in 2014 so and then with the band splitting up and uh, people yeah so people leaving coming back going again and then getting a mortgage and all this stuff it just kept being put yeah. back and back so and then even I, I basically almost finished it at the start of lockdown but I knew healing water could be better and it was just one of those just listen to it now and again tweak leave it alone come back and that took almost two years but so it was a massive weight off my shoulders really I just 
Yeah, I'm very proud of it. I mean, for the, for those who don't write or produce or record, it's a mammoth work, isn't it? Putting together an album. Yeah, it. it I've, I find it. I love doing it. I love the recording thing, the process. Sorry. Um, when I did my last one, I recorded it all with myself and friends, and then I took went, took it to Tom Donovan to mix. Yeah. Because he's like a whiz with just mixing everything but unfortunately I couldn't afford him at sort of the start of lockdown so I just thought it's hard to do your own thing because you don't have objectivity right yeah absolutely but I just thought you've got to suck it up and just give it a go and, yeah. and you've yeah. heard it now you sort of as I introduced you you know the busiest man in music really in Colchester I mean I've got a list here for you <laughs> okay. I mean, you, got, you, you got your Wednesday nights obviously at the Foresters yeah. doing your open mic um, your Coda, Coda Saturday sessions yeah. uh, Pigify is that what we're, they're called now on Pigify. the Oh, yeah. uh, you've obviously got your band the hit list as well yeah. and um, numerous people name drop you when it comes to their recordings and their mastering and producing and all those sorts of things and also of course you write how do you fit this all into your life alongside uh, the mortgage <laughs> a little bit at a time really um, in all honesty I've not been writing as much recently I really needed to get the album out to sort of open myself up to the possibility of writing again I think because yeah. I've had I've got some nice ideas I'm actually I've because I've recorded stuff for Jane Thompson and we've got a couple of songs we're um we sort of co-penned I guess um and it's nice I'm recording Sinead's Orm's album and it, um I used to do something with Ellie Cornell and we've touched space about yeah. possibly sort of so I just want to get creative again broadly yes. for a little bit maybe for a year yeah. before I focus on the next thing of my own what do you sort of see as your role I mean overall writer promoter what's your sort of what's your part in sort of developing the local scene do you think is regards to the scene I think it's opportunities I think um, and a bit of promotion because you know I, I do the other band stuff you know I, I do a function band to make money and teach and that but then I, I, I love Colchester it's so rich and there's so much talent here I think yeah. some people don't realise how lucky we are and it's just providing opportunities for people to perform I think yeah. it's um yeah, so that's like you know the Codal guys talked to me for a few times said you know what can we do and then we sort of hit on the the Saturday afternoon showcases and it's just an opportunity so many people have got gigs out of that yeah you know it's a, and, and it's a nice thing that people can bring the families and the kids along so it's, it can be a family day yeah. whereas normally gigs are a sort of you know evenings yeah. Yeah. you know restriction I've, I've got a student who is here actually and he says he's you know he's played in bands but he doesn't want to have to worry about getting a taxi home at one in the morning so yeah. he loves coming to that because yeah. it's you get to enjoy live music yeah. and go home and have tea <laughs> like. do you see yourself as a sort of springboard really a, a little bit i guess the plan when we opened it was it would be primarily acoustic and we have the occasional band so it's nice to give a band, an established band a chance right. to do something a bit different right yes like come That's in and true, yeah. flex their acoustic muscles yeah, and maybe yeah. bring family who don't get to see them mm. like we had uh, Gavin Bowen and uh, earlier in the year yeah. and a few groups like that who are like 
sound phenomenal, um, but maybe the kids don't get to see him play live. So that, that was that opportunity. And then, yeah, like we were the bands, 52 Kings, there was sort of the guy just come in, liked the sound of it, and yeah. they're phenomenal, but no one in the area knew them. Like you said, we have a lot of sort of newcomers, people who, the nice thing is because I do an open mic, you get to meet people at that mm. and then you say oh we're actually like you know get a few songs under your mm. belt and then we'll give you a showcase and like okay. you, you, ideally you blend it so you have like someone who's relatively fresh mm. to the scene and someone who's a bit more experienced so you can almost um, gather the folks together at your open mics and then you can sort of funnel them through <laughs> to the yeah. next yeah it's yeah it's like a testing thing yeah. I, I mean this, this one thing is slightly different I guess if we don't have it, we want it to be in the music produced by the people so like an open mic scene you could have someone sort of sing with backing tracks and stuff like that and that's probably the one area we haven't we try to keep it very much you've got to create the music on stage yes. at the open mic and it can't be too loud because we're right next to a wedding shop <laughs> <laughs> and also at the foresters of course you're surrounded there as well aren't you it's pretty yeah sort of uh, yeah. residential the, the, it's it's, uh, it's almost painful the amount of times you get a really beautiful thing you know the evening builds and then you get something really beautiful happening and you just go oh, i have to cut it at 12, <laughs> 11 because there's a curfew yeah yeah and you just go just get, you can't give them 10 minutes you, that's it <laughs> and sometimes oh, people yeah. look at you like wow you yeah. just spoil that jack walsh shouting screaming singing and talking yeah that's me not necessarily in that order no, in any in any order. He and mixes it up. He does mix it up, and he's one of these artists who's genuinely different, engaging, writes fab, fab songs, and uh, what a lovely guy as well. You know, he's the only one to call me by my name. And he said to say thanks to Justin as well. Yeah. I know. I you was see? like, oh, so someone remembered me. Maybe we should just do a Jack Walsh special. We should do a Jack Walsh special. Maybe we should. I mean, maybe he'd like to just sit down here with that. Nah, don't worry about that. I did wonder if it might be fun to get some guests in sometimes. In for one show, never see them again, never talk to them again. What, just have an angle? Well, got an angle. Obviously, we'd have to remember not to be rude. Yes, that's true. Because we yeah. can be really nasty about some yeah. people. And we, we obviously, will. we cut those bits out. But. We will release the outtakes one day. <laughs> the 70-hour box set. <laughs> <laughs> he laughed manically. <laughs> but we yeah. love Jack Walsh. Oh, he's fantastic! I absolutely, I just find him so engaging. Um, his story, he tells stories, doesn't he, about his life. Uh, the melodies are great, and uh, he flips this thing between the singing and the shouting and the talking. It's just great. I, I absolutely love it. It's just, yeah. it's just a really appealing live act. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, there's no waste in his act. There's no dwelling on anything. It's just full on. The whole thing is fantastic. Yeah. Really, yeah. really great. And a good variety in his songs as well. Although yeah. he's got a, a style, but it's there's the, yeah. the songs are different definite well. style and he also was dressed up uh, for camping uh, he's the only person we've had who actually came from uh, a tent and uh, went back to a tent that night I mean that's that's got to be honoured you know he was really hot on stage I mean hot as in it was actually quite hot at that point when he was up on stage and uh, he was glad he wore shorts I think he was the only one who wore shorts actually that day and he was Good camping not a million miles from here Anywhere in Britain would be not a million miles from here. Anyway, but actually, he was just a few miles down the road from here. Precisely, and so, so you know, he fit, he fitted us into his camping day. You know, it was, a, it was a great thing to do. Thank you for that, Jack. Uh, let's hear what the uh, 
the bearded man had to say. Thank you so much for coming along, Jack. Hot up on stage there. Yeah, very, very warm. Thanks for having me on, by the way, Peter. That was really, uh, good. really good fun. Um, yeah, boiling, roasting, as it always roasting. is. Yeah. But you're going camping tonight, so you're cool down. This is it. That's why I got my Crocs on and my my shorts. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in full, I'm in full camping mode, mate. Yeah. Why have you been hiding all this time? Uh, I don't know. I have. I do live in Colchester. Um, I moved back a few, about three years ago, mm. and I guess on the back end of the lockdown, started writing some new songs. I used to play around the area when I was at school, when I was sort of like 16, 17, we had a little band, uh, but wouldn't, didn't, never took it too seriously. And then I kind of started my solo stuff and thought, played a few open mic nights and then didn't realize how much there's going on in Colchester. It's ridiculous. Like every night of the week you could play if you want. Um, and then just gradually play open mics, got offered a few showcase sets and stuff. Uh, Stewie Skinner gave me one of those for the first one, which was amazing. And then before you know it, it just kind of gradually builds and builds, yeah. And what's really nice to see people who know some of the words in oh, the audience as well. Mate, was, I, I, honestly, honestly that, so my song Kintsugi, I played a Coda gig once and I stopped the playing and the crowd sung the words wow. back at me and it was like, I've made it, that's it. Like, it's all downhill from here. Nothing else yeah. happens, this is it. Perfect, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone's saying the words, that was ridiculous. To what extent is your life, your own life, the source for your songs? Yeah, basically, solely the source for my songs, to be honest. <laughs> um, things that I find interesting I write about yeah. I've got songs about narcolepsy about fighting in car parks about yeah. broken pottery um, I've got a song about trying to be a better person I've got a song about not seeing a person for a long time it's just all sort of real life experiences I guess that's what I find my, my uh, inspiration uh, for Kintsugi the, yeah. the song uh, is slightly different isn't it because it, it's not specifically about you no. but it is a very good metaphor mm-hmm. yeah I think yeah. that's it so each verse is kind of it might not be as apparent as it uh, uh, with the lyrics or so but you get an idea of something that is a bit wrong with me so it is kind of about me um, but it's more about yeah again a lesson for people to think rather than try and hide their imperfections that's what makes us us and we should empower it and it's a good thing that's what makes things interesting if everyone was the same it'd be boring wouldn't it everyone would just be robots <laughs> but to find that uh, you know reference in Japanese pottery yeah. that is quite an unusual thing yeah. uh, do you know I mean do you, do you have a fascination with pottery well, or? Well, the thing is is so I actually um, I heard about it through my auntie who this, the song Narcolepsy is about her and she's, she runs her own arts and crafts business she's been on all these courses and I read about it and I thought it's amazing like what they do they literally mend it with gold to highlight the cracks rather than try and cover it up and I think people should live their life a little bit more like that basically and it really spoke to me and I went away and wrote that song and I played it and I thought it was a bit rubbish to be honest but then some people some people were like oh my god that song's really good and they really like it and now it's become sort of a, a crowd favourite it's so. one of your best we think well there you go yeah, yeah. thank you <laughs> one of the unusual things about you is this sort of slipping between talking yeah. shouting and singing yeah. and, so, and sometimes I don't know if you know what you're going to do actually but uh, is that so conscious or is that yeah. something you just fell into so again yeah like I don't know I've been listening to loads of um, loads of spoken word verses of songs like these days like Wet Leg um, Yard Act loads of like new bands coming through are doing this spoken word thing and obviously like old pe- old hats like Blur and the streets and I don't know could name some others maybe but not off the top of my head I've always liked that sort of music it's almost like rapping I guess in some respects um, I've always liked rap music so I, I kind of tried to incorporate that and I tried Pension a Punch Up in that style that was the first song in that style that I did and and it really worked so I kind of thought I'll try a few others so now I've got it's quite nice as well because when I play it there's a bit of variation in the set like there's some songs that are sing song there's some that are shouty there's some that are spoken word sort of telling a story so hopefully it keeps people interested 
mustard yeah. <laughs> as well. And it, and it gives you distinctive as well. Yeah. Yeah, you have a very distinive oh, voice. Thank you. Well, th- thank you for so much for playing, no, and uh, we hope to catch you again soon. Mate, thank you so much for having me. Seriously, right. yeah. And thanks to Justin as well. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> so, Exo Peach, third single, finally yeah. So here. They, they, yeah, they did play on Old Air. They did. Headlined it. Yeah. Great, I love the the crazy guitar sounds. I know they really specialise in that. Actually, yeah. that is one thing you really notice if you've seen Ecto Peach Live. That guitar sound, the, the pedals. They're yeah, like, I mean, where? sometimes it just does not sound like a guitar. No, at all. There's some there's some really odd sounds. I mean, on the Wasp Factory, their new uh, single, their third single, it's it's um it's almost like that waspy sound actually, that kind of kind of um, guitar sound on there. And I'm sure they can do more in the studio. Obviously, live that's probably harder to do. But yeah, he's really specialises. Um, uh, Matthew, their guitarist, in um, those sounds, fantastic. So, I mean, yeah. if this is, if effect floor gets any bigger, they just won't be able to play in the Bruno House. No, it would just be him with an effects board. The rest will have to go. Yeah, they'll be just be like jumping around on the effects, changing them as as, it, as they're playing. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Yeah, so um, this is their third single. Boss Factory.
Okay, so we do plan to catch up with some of these other guys in the future. We're certainly going to catch up with XO Peach, mm. and uh, maybe we'll catch up with some of the other guys as well in the future. Yes. It's just we couldn't do them all on the Oh, board. no, no. no. Too, too many. Oh, no, 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 no. I would you would have been outside <laughs> all the time and not seen any of it. I would have had to have my poncho on all the time. Yeah, I, I, yeah basically, would, they would have been interviews all day. I wouldn't have seen anybody. So, you know, have some, you know, have some uh, respect, as they say. I, uh, yeah, five is enough. But it would be great to do another all day Really yeah. great. We'd love to do it again. Yeah. Dead Caress. Dead Caress. Dead Caress. Uh, Dead they Caress. had another name, didn't they? Um, which was... Noise Jador. Noise Jador. And they changed their name to Dead Caress. They love caressing the dead. Yeah. I've seen them out in the graveyards. And they had somebody else, one of them. their fans, just cat- shouting sex all the time. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you actually catch him on the interview at some point. Yes, he did. Uh, we, we, we've had only a few interviews on this podcast where we have a fan invasion. Or yeah. someone else just comes along and says, I can talk about them. Let me in. And he came along. I didn't say it like that. But he came along and they said, oh, he's our biggest fan. Yes, he was definitely the biggest fan. You could see him at the front there. Shouting just shouting sex. sex all the time. Just shouting sex. It was fantastic to see someone of, of, of such a ripe age shouting sex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But generation gap. I mean, yes. here I am. He- heavy what's it Glot- glottled up Jowly. sitting there oh alright kids come over here <laughs> sit down don't arm ya don't won't arm ya what we got I've got my internet or microphones here like that and they were like get on with that old man yeah it probably would have been easier if you actually spoke English yeah I could have just yeah. used my normal voice yeah you could have it would have been but a lot easier to understand they're a very musical bunch actually they come from musical families yeah. um, and they, they've got a new bass player actually um, but, they, but um, Archie and Pablo the guitarist um, and the drummer very musical backgrounds you know, all in bands, um, and I believe there's a link between Pablo and Charlie Watts actually at some point. I mean, obviously not not in age because they're quite <laughs> they're about hundred years apart. Yeah, and Charlie Watts is dead now. That's true. Yeah, the link's not so strong. Yeah. But um, yeah, they, they, they're sort of drummy link there. But um, things have changed since then. Yes, apparently Pablo is now not working with Decares, although maybe reborn. And Harvey, the bass player, has gone off to university. I really hope this wasn't me. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. There was a conversation had afterwards. If that's the kind of shit we have to put up with, yeah. then we ain't doing this no more. Yeah, and that guy keeps shouting sex all the time. Yes, he did. <laughs> and let's get rid of the guy who shouts sex all the time by pretending Peter's put us off music forever. <laughs> and then we can get rid of the sex guy. <laughs> But yeah, they were my last interview of the evening. Um, Ecto Peach was sort of yeah. setting up inside, uh, getting ready uh, to do their bit, and uh, we sat down outside. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a bit more lively in the evening. You can hear people around. But let's have a listen to what the geese had to say. All three of them. Hi guys, how you doing? Yeah, very good, thank you. Lovely. Oh. Yeah, doing great, thanks. Thank can you introduce yourselves, though? Bass player? Yeah, Harvey, bassist. Oh. Say again. Harvey. Bass. Harvey. Sorry, we can edit this all down. All Drummer? Right. Uh, Pablo. And dr- uh, guitarist. My name's Archie. I'm lead vocals and guitar. Fantastic. Okay, look, guys. How, how did the band come about? I mean, how did you three uh, end up together? Uh, uh, basically, we, about a year ago, I met so, some people and Archie, and we we had like we had an original band, but that sort of uh, broke up. We've been 
been playing a few gigs around Colchester. Not good vibes. We broke that up. Um, but me and Archie sort of continued, and we've been going for like since the start of sort of this year. And um, yeah, no, we've got, we've been going good. We played at the Art Centre, Colchester Art Centre. Not stopping any time soon. Yeah, no. So yeah, comeback gigs, comeback gigs. So do you know each other from school or? Each of us know each other just through purely through music. And the last band we were in, where me and Pablo were both involved, he was the drummer and I was the guitarist again. But I wasn't doing, I wasn't the vocalist then. As you can tell now, I'm still struggling. Um, we decided to disband that last group. We made this new band. We found this bassist Harvey, Colchester Institute. Here, here, and I were both went. Got a Harvey already. Uh, Pablo, sorry. And we thought it just went from there. It's a beautiful thing. We have to explain your voice is absolutely knackered, isn't it, after that yeah. performance? Yeah. Like, you were, we were amazed you made it to the end, to be honest. There's a lot of screaming. Yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's got to be done, though. If you're not, he needs to clench his bum. That's how, that's how yeah. you say it. <laughs> so it's a technique you need to learn, you see. Yeah. yeah. Breathing exercises, I hear, through the nose and out of the mouth. It hasn't worked so far, but... For a young band, that's unusual, though, to have met just through music rather than through education. I don't know. I've always been like, you know, able to play all the instruments and stuff. So like, if someone's ever like said to me, oh, you know, you want to start a band, I've always just been like, yeah, because I, I can put it all together and I can help like push people like yeah. to play a certain way or whatever. It just comes from like that really. And Archie's a pretty skilled guy, and so is Harvey. So it's easy when you're with when you know the right people. The right people. When you're young guys, what sort of musical environments did you grow up with, Harvey? Well, I sort of grew up around like the everything, but mainly jazz and metal, which are very juxtaposing genres. Yeah, yeah, jazz and metal. Yeah, my dad always listened to Iron Maiden, like it was always on repeat. Right. Yeah. Then my mum would be listening to like Nat King Cole, Miles Davis. Can I get in on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, Tell us about your fan. Go on, number one fan, and I'm saying I, I don't know what I'd be doing without Dead Caress. That's what I'm saying. Fantastic. What's your biggest? This is our biggest fan. Andre. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. our biggest fan, Andre. Hi. How are you doing, Andre? Oh, you enjoyed it? Good. I loved it. I loved it. He's been uh, a fan he, for so long. He, come, there, my he, he, <laughs> he comes to every gig and he shouts the word sex because he loves us. <laughs> That's his way of showing affection. <laughs> That's great. No, seeing you at the front, yeah. You, you're definitely a hardcore fan. He knows all the words. I know. Apart all from them, some. Yeah. Apart from some. I know all of them, but apart from some. Well, look, just carry on what we were talking about. Um, so, yeah, musical environments. What, what? I mean, you got a musical family. Did you yeah. play stuff when you were growing up? Well, my like the first sort of stuff I would have heard would have been like the Smiths, um, Adam and the Ants, and that's old. Now. Yeah, forty years. And uh, I used to like. Dance around my living room as like, a five-year-old to uh, the darkness. I believe in a thing called love. Yeah, so that's a big tune. Big now. tune. Yeah, yeah, big tune. And what about you, Archie? I grew up in a very musical environment, like overly, possibly overly so. Both sides of my family: mum, stepmum, dad, stepdad, all in bands. Most of them are still playing. So just from that, from a very young age, I love that kind of stuff. And the confidence that they showed me is what I'm trying to show to other people. It's almost cruel making you talk. Isn't it? <laughs> Not at all. I like punishment. <laughs> Last question for you before Archie's voice dies completely. Um, what what sort of uh, what do each of you bring to the band? In your opinion, uh, for me, the, um, the the painful task of uh, email, sending loads of emails. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm 
the composition because I'm the drummer, you know. Oh, I'll do a bit of the songwriting, a bit of the lyrics, a bit of that. But yeah, that's, that's mainly what I sort of do, yeah. And as lead singer, what do you bring? I play the triangle. Oh, right. I write a lot of the songs in my spare time, especially with dear old Pablo here. He's the melody maker, really. I might play the songs, but he writes them. And so it's sort of like a Lennon and McCartney in that what sense. What brings but, um, uh, good looks. Yeah, we've seen the quotes. No, not, not at all. That's the rest of these boys. They're compensating for me. But the musicians, uh, musicianship comes from all three of us. Okay. There's not just one of us that can take credit for anything. We all play, so we all, we all you know. That's a very diplomatic answer. Well done. Um, Harvey, you're going away, obviously. Are you sort of... Uh, Will Decoress be reborn or well from its death or if it picks soft I'm definitely coming back that's for sure that's, uh, that's definitely coming it's quite a strong possibility you guys fantastic thank you very much for playing and being interviewed on a tiny microphone brilliant thank you thank you very much uh, <laughs> harmony hum uh, harmony herming harmony herming Harmony Irving, I went to school with her. Harmony <laughs> Irving. Thanks to everybody who came oh, and played. Yeah. We had a, a, a great day. It was such an enjoyable day. And, you know, the two um, all days we've done now, um, one in May and one in uh, September, they've both been really enjoyable. And, you know, obviously you, you get all the sort of calamity sort of parts of, of these days, don't you, where things don't work quite or someone's forgotten something or, you know, it's pissing down outside or whatever. Something will always... But the basic thrust of it is everyone had a good time you know, everyone enjoyed yeah. it everyone enjoyed performing lots of people turned up it was fantastic and of course Andy Skeen purveyor of fine ale yep uh, at the Queen Street Brew has absolutely loved it yeah it he did fantastic. yeah he yeah, really enjoyed it happy players happy customers happy me happy me too yeah well I think it probably is time to wind up from the end of the show and normally at this time, mm. time we say something funny but I haven't got anything funny to say well, I mean, there's there's nothing funny planned. No, but we no. haven't planned anything funny for this. For this week. <laughs> no, we go over to my corner. Like, <laughs> and what have you got for us this week? Oh, oh and finally, and well, finally. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Anyway, so what have we got coming up? What's our next podcast about? Well, we are now in the loop, you see, We're because we have reviewed our all day. We'll be going to the local scene. We have Wicked Ravens, yes, who I caught up with at Black Actors Studios very recently. In fact, this week we've got that coming up—an interview with them talking about their new EP. So, have we heard? Have you heard anything on the new EP? They haven't released anything yet. Have they? they the, the, no, they have released um, Little England. That was right. uh, a couple of months ago, but we don't know any of the track names. It's a complete surprise. Okay. Uh, but oh, they're gonna be, I hope it's as good as that. The, the I think album. it's four tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the first two albums are really good, and the um, four tracks, I think, and then next year probably an album. So we've caught up with Wicked, Wicked Ravens. That's our, one of our local scene, and then you went over to Kodar in Colchester. Yeah. And caught up with. Interesting stuff. So that's coming up in the Local Scene Podcast. Please, if you're listening to it now, get into the groove. You know you've got to move uh, and do that stuff to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're hoping also no, to... No, I didn't really sign up for that. I said I'd do the podcast, but that was it. Boy, you've got to prove your love to me sorry I'm just having a flashback here yeah. um, a Madonna flashback and I yeah, make, make yeah, it clear yeah. um, <laughs> and possibly pet needs now we're possibly trying to draw in pet needs I'm sort of doing a pretend uh, mime of drawing in rope here pet needs are on a leash yes possibly. They're, bit so, they're just so busy we want them on the local scene show because of course pet needs are a band who've grown from the local scene who are proud to come from Colchester but are exploding all over Europe and America at the moment so you know 
be great to get them in. Yeah. But we'll see. But we'll see, see, this is the great thing. You don't know what's going to happen in that I podcast. Know. It could be someone juggling. Yes. It could be, you know, a, a, a dog sort of, you know, throwing up in the corner. It could be anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah. The juggler would be easier. Yeah, it'd be easier. I'm a good yeah. juggler. Just look at this. You impressed by that? Bloody hell. I know. Throw that man side. Oh! Close. I like the way you're doing it with your eyes closed. That's really quite impressive. <laughs> yeah, throw, throw us that chainsaw. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, Can yeah. you do a chainsaw impression? What I love about chainsaw juggling is this thing where you go, right, there's no learning curve here at all. It's complete. It's, it's I don't know how to juggle chainsaws. Now I juggle them. But there's <laughs> nothing in between. Well, I think there is. You just, the first time you do it, you don't turn the chainsaw on. Right. Is, is the way you learn it, probably. But there's got to be something like that. I don't think like you that. just... <laughs> you go, right, you I'm going to... Start go. the chainsaw up and then, and then just go for it. No, <laughs> true. That is true. There is a learning curve. Please don't try this at home. And if you do, do the learning yeah. curve. <laughs> well, we would do... <laughs> pull in the cord. What the hell are you doing? They told I'm me to sure, do it. I'm sure I can do it. That's I'm right. that confident in my own abilities. I'm, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> I've got to... Time to try it without turning them on. Yeah, so, so you know, be careful out there. That's yeah. all we're saying. That's all yeah. we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah I think we got enough. Uh, that's enough. Lyric kings and friends talking bullshit again.